0: the successes they've had, ways that they have become so definitively focused on moving forward. We look forward to sharing their stories, and we hope that they inspire you just as much as they have inspired us. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to Focused on Forward. Our guest today is Sarah Werner. I'm excited to have Sarah on. I've talked with her uh, a little bit um, on another podcast I I co-host called Funny Science Fiction. That's where I met Sarah. And actually, I'm a member of of one of her Facebook groups. Now, the cool thing about Sarah is that not only is, well, is she awesome, but (laughs) she also has Uh, a couple different podcasts that she hosts. And we talk about this on Funny Science Fiction, but there's the Right Now podcast, there's the Girl in Space podcast. If you're familiar with Sarah, you may have heard of her uh, through her TED Talks, uh, some other things that she's done. Uh, But today we're gonna talk with Sarah on a, a little bit different of a topic than maybe what you're familiar with her with. And that is the topic of overcoming challenges, which is what we talk about here on Focused on Forward. So Sarah, thank you so much for being a guest today. We're very excited to have you and I'm excited to be able to talk with you again.
1: Well, thank you. I'm excited to talk with you again. I'm excited to be here and I hope this is a really valuable experience for your audience as well.
0: I think it will be. So what I'd like to do is I'll just turn this over to you and you can tell us about Sarah.
1: (laughs) Well, you did such a great job in your introduction. I don't know if there's anything left. Um, I'm Sarah, I'm a creator. Um, I love science fiction. I love being a nerd. I love creating things. And all of those things come with uh, their own bucket of struggles. Um, So yeah, I currently live here in the Midwest and I travel to work on other projects. I do uh, national speaking. Um, Yeah, let me know like what I can say that is going to be most helpful here.
0: Well, let's talk about your day-to-day challenges, the things that that Sarah deals with on a day-to-day basis that create obstacles in her life that need to be overcome.
1: Wonderful, that's such a good way of putting that. Thank you, that is exactly the guidance I needed. So <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm self-employed and um, I left my day job in 2017. I was in marketing for 10 years and digital marketing specifically for five years. And I was struggling with the whole being told what to do, eight to five <laughs> structure thing. Um, and, and, I, and there was a lot of guilt and feelings of selfishness that I struggled with there. Like, who am I to think that the system isn't right for me? You know, who am I to want to strike out on my own and start my own business? Um, but I did it. And as of 2017, I've been my own boss, which comes with a lot of challenges on its own. Um, Yeah, let's see. I am now working for myself. So I do podcasting, I do writing, I do teaching, I do speaking. Um, I have a lot of different income streams that I draw from, which has been uh, a blessing. Sure. Uh, Yeah, gosh. And... um, There's challenges in everything from, you know, knowing how hard to push yourself and knowing when to give yourself a break, which being your own boss is, that's a huge challenge. It's very easy to either overwork yourself or get to a point where you're not making enough money, um, from your work. And there's a very delicate balance there that isn't quite defined. So you're always shooting for, you know, something that's nebulous and sort of invisible, um, Yeah. And just, uh, you know, making enough money to make ends meet, you're completely on your own and, um, it's sort of up to you. There's no, there's no backup. There's nothing, there's no boss you can blame anything on. There's no, uh, Oh, the CEO made a bad decision because the CEO is you.
0: Um,
1: so yeah, so that's been, uh, it's, it's been a beautiful experience. I'm really grateful that I'm doing it. Um, but it definitely has not, Without challenges, that that double negative works
0: right. there. Right, it does. Okay, so let's talk about those challenges now. For many people yeah. who are are creative, um, you, you talked about the the work balance struggle. Uh, for many people who are creative, that is a very large and real struggle because uh, the creative side of things pushes them. It's what drives them. It's it's their it's their motor. Um, but it can also create a depth of anxiety. Does mm. uh, that something that that you have to work around?
1: It absolutely is. And I've struggled with not only anxiety, but depression my entire life and wasn't really diagnosed with it until, oh gosh, probably 2012 or 2013. Okay. Um, yeah. And so we can talk about that too. I'm very, I like to be very open about sure. mental health and that. Yeah, kind whatever of you're stuff. comfortable sharing. Perfect. Okay. Um, so yes, let's see. Um, yeah, I, well, are you okay? Just like diving into some hard stuff to talk about. Okay. Okay. Let's just do this. You're driving the
0: bus. I'm, I'm just, (laughs) I'm just a passenger.
1: Fantastic. So, yeah, um, I didn't really understand. So, you know, I've been a creative my whole life, like probably many of your listeners and there's sort of this, um, natural, connection between being creative and having some sort of uh darkness about you having anxiety having depression you know you hear about the really tragic rate of um artists and creators who choose to end their lives you you hear um there's just a lot of that uh going on and we we see musicians and artists every day who are not living uh, their healthiest uh, and most thriving lives.
0: Correct. And
1: in, um, I just got to a point in probably, yeah, maybe 2012 or 2013. I don't remember the exact time, <clears throat> but I was going through a very dark time. And um, my boss actually said something to me, and this was very unexpected. Um, I was working for a digital marketing company and um, just the despair was really just, I was drowning in despair. And my boss uh, texted me and said, hey, I think we need to go get a beer. And I was like, okay. And so um, we met and he was like, so, hey, you may not know this about me, but um, I struggle with anxiety and depression. And it was like the floodgates were opened as soon as I had somebody who I trusted and admired, and I'm sorry, there's a very loud aircraft going by. I hope it's not getting picked up.
0: A little bit. It's okay. We know what it is. It'll go by soon enough.
1: Perfect. I live by an air force base. So that's nothing you can do about that. Yep. Nope. Oh, and there it goes. Um, So he and I sat down and it was so wonderful to have this figure who I trusted and admired And also was male. Um, I was working in a a largely male dominated field. Um, And, you know, oh, I'm a woman and my emotions are getting the better of me. And that's a weakness that I need to hide. And I really struggled with that. Okay. Because um, I didn't want to look weak or infirm, or you know, right, in a male-centric whatever. business, exactly. Yeah. And I, yeah. so I was also trying to hide all this depression and anxiety. But apparently, I wasn't doing a good enough job. And my wonderful, beautiful employer just sat me down, and we had like a two-hour conversation over beers in this really trashy bar. And at, yeah. at the end of that uh, conversation. I had committed to making an appointment with, uh, with a doctor, and soon after that, um, I started going on medication for anxiety and depression, and it completely turned my life around in the best way. Um, I'd been resistant to it before because um, I had seen the movie, I don't know if you've seen Garden State with Zach Braff and Natalie Portman. I
0: keep saying that I'm going to, that's on my list okay. of things I need to watch. <laughs>
1: So basically the premise of this story is that Zach Braff's character um, is over medicated and incapable of feeling human emotion anymore. You know, he's been taking antidepressants forever and he's like, I am not human. And he goes off his meds. I think, I don't know. It's been a while since I've seen the movie, but the movie basically is like, yeah, go off your meds and experience life as it was meant to be experienced. No more dulling your senses. And so I, I was carrying that baggage with me. Um, and so when my doctor suggested they put me on a very low dose of a medication for my anxiety and depression, I was really resistant and I was like, you know, yeah. I, I don't want to dull my feelings, I don't want to live a lesser human experience, <laughs> you know, and and then there's the creative aspect too, I think there's there's a very real belief that creativity is tied to strong emotion and creativity is tied to somehow our struggle and our depression. And I'm like, I don't want this to change me as a creator. Like that was very, that was a very real concern for me, but I identify um,
0: with everything you just said, by the way.
1: Yes. Yes. (laughs) It's, but it's, it, I, I decided to try it and I'm so glad that I did. Um, I I went on a low dose and I was like, okay, we're just going to try this. And my doctor was very understanding. He's like, yep, we're just going to try it. If we need to wean you off again, you know, we can do that. But I just want you to try it because, you know, you have been entertaining ideas of self-harm. You have been not in a great place, right? Yeah. Um, And so I went on those medications and it was not at all what I expected. Um, I didn't stop feeling human emotion, which- I was very grateful for um what it did and i and i honestly i didn't stop feeling depressed like it didn't take away the depression it just made it more manageable and that was really key for me um, and so i can now get a grip on what i'm feeling and those feelings that chemical imbalance doesn't control my life and you'll notice like if you look back through my history like it's all laid out on my website. Once I started taking that medication, then I started creating the right now podcast. I started creating girl in space. I started doing national speaking. Um, I started writing for Forbes. What it did was it got me out of my own way. It got that barrier out from in front of me so that I could focus on actually moving forward with the things that I wanted to do with my life. And I'm just I'm so incredibly grateful to this day that um, uh, someone encouraged me in love and friendship um, to get help. Like it's changed my life a million times over. So,
0: yeah, I think with from my own personal experience uh, w- with these issues, for myself, I I knew I had some level of issue before my daughter went into the hospital. Mm-hmm. When we came out of the hospital, trying to refocus my mind and. And I would find my. for me, it was more of an issue of I knew it wasn't right for a man to be sitting at his desk watching Star Wars, which he absolutely adores and a funny scene and sitting there crying. Mm-hmm. Something was wrong. And yeah. I I kept kind of, you know, and I work from home, um, especially, you know, my wife would see me do this, you know, she's like, are you OK? I'm like, yeah, it was just a really touching scene. I'm fine. You know, and it was like, a, you know, a silly scene. And she's like, "Yeah, she knew better. Um, you know, you try to pull, you try to pull that down, you try and hide it and swallow it down as much as you can. And I had much the same reservation. I did not want, um, because I had seen people who had gone on to depression and anxiety meds and, uh, almost zombie like robotic and what they did. And I did not want that to be me. And so I had a very similar conversation with my doctor. You know, he, he, he started me on, on one pill. I didn't like it. I didn't like the way I felt. And he says, okay, we're then we're done. And he put me on something else. And I have, uh, that has been the best thing for me because it's it's much what you talked about. It it enabled me to be able to refocus my efforts, uh, focus... um, you know on, on what I wanted to do and since then I've started two podcasts I've yes. uh you know I've gotten uh you know I've been more active and more creative with my my uh t-shirt company I've you know and all these other things um so it's allowed me to be able to focus my levels of creativity and and what I was doing and even and even focus on on my family like I should mm. have been you know um even a little more so and so uh, as I like to tell my daughter, you know, congratulations, you get all of dad now. And uh, <laughs> I'm I'm not sure that she's sold on that yet, but.
1: Oh, but I love it. I love that you're there. I love that you're present. That's a beautiful yeah. gift to her and to yourself and to your whole family.
0: <laughs> so, but yeah, so I, I identify with a lot of what you're talking about there. And I think that for when when it comes to terms of mental health, I think people are very hesitant and resistant to that because of they don't want the zombie feeling. And I think, frankly, if your doctor's not willing to work with you on those things, then maybe it's time to consider different avenues. Nice. You know, I'm this, I, I never, you know, I'm not going to tell you what medicines to take. I'm not going to tell you what doctors to go talk to. That's not my job. I'm not educated in that. But, you know, if you know it's not working for you, then it's time to, you. Ha- you have to be your own advocate. You have to be able yes. to speak up and say, this isn't working. I need something else to change.
1: That is so true. Oh, that's so true. Being your own advocate and realizing that reaching out and asking for help is not weakness. That is a sign of strength. Like that, that knowing yourself, that understanding yourself, and understanding that something is keeping you down. um, It's it's a it's a gesture of strength to reach out for help.
0: Oh, I agree completely. So, how does this, or, or how do you manage it on a day to day basis? Because even though you're taking medications. I'm taking medications, there are still things that I have to do, um, you know, and pardon the pun and the intro of the show name, but to remain focused on forward, there are things that I have to do on a day to day basis to make sure that I'm I'm moving forward. What are the things that you do in your life to keep yourself moving forward?
1: Well, that's such a good question, because it's something that I am still struggling with. It's something that I'm still working with. Um, Moving forward is this weird dance of understanding who you are and what you need and understanding what those needs mean. Uh, So as an example for this, um, so before I left my day job, you know, writing and creating was my hobby. It was what I did for fun in my free time. And it was a way that I recharged after a day at the office. It let me get my emotions out. It let me play in a world that I had control over and all these other reasons that we create. And um, when I left my job and I was creating full time, I got into a place where the thing that I used to do as a hobby, I was now doing full time. And so I would write for eight hours and then I would continue writing because that's how I was used to recharging and, you know, getting my energy back and resting. And I got to a point where my husband had to talk to me and he was like, so, Hey, you know, I love you. And I love all these things that you're doing, but uh, you're working like you know, I'm gonna exaggerate slightly, but you're working like twenty hours a day. And I was like, well, it's not work because I love it. And there was just this really weird, subtle tension of, do I need to like get a new hobby and do I need to do less of what I love? <laughs> like that's not why I started doing this, right. You know, I I got into this so I could do what I love. And what does it mean to rest? And then, you know, When you're conflating rest with losing money as a business owner, and then there's all this guilt from our Protestant work ethic. Um, I live here in the Midwest, and it's just very much like if you're not working, you're not worth anything. Right. And so there's this... I also understand that. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's true. And there's this huge tangle of... What does it mean to rest? What does it mean to work? What does it mean to move forward? And how do you move forward if you're too focused on moving forward? Um, if you're just in production mode all the time. And I am um, I feel very fortunate that I have a support system of people who love and care about me. Um, and that has just been such a huge guiding and driving force in my life. And these people in my support system... Um, are good at noticing and saying, uh, hey, Sarah, so you're working 20 hour days, and you're not resting. And then they talk to me in, um, I don't know, in, in a very open way about Hey, rest is important. And you can't pour anything good out for uh from an empty cup or an empty pitcher. And if you are completely emptied out and if you are completely martyring yourself for something, you know, that's not quite healthy. Right. So, and then you I don't know. I grew up in a in a religious like Christian household. And, um, for me, it was very much, you know, oh, your life is supposed to be in service to others. And this is actually what my TED talk was about was, um, how do we give without completely martyring ourselves and how do we live to serve others and is living for ourselves selfish is self-care selfish is, you know, and, and where is the line there? And so this has been, uh, it's, it's, it's been an ongoing struggle not to feel guilty every time uh, you know I I take a a nap and like even saying that I take a nap every once in a while I'm like embarrassed about it Um, I'm not I'm proud
0: I love my naps (laughs) naps are glorious
1: they are and I enjoy them but I'm so sad
0: that I resisted them when I was a child (laughs)
1: Mm, me too maybe we just need to like make up for that like hey I didn't do this when I was five so (laughs) I'm gonna do it now that I'm this age like I don't know but there's there's some uh sort of really awful um guilt and sense of worthlessness and I think that there's also this, I perceive other people as judging me. Like, yeah, I'm afraid to tell them like, yeah, I took the afternoon off because I'm going to work from like eight to midnight tonight. So I took the afternoon off and I took a nap and I made some brownies and I watched Netflix. I'm almost afraid to let other people know that I have fun in my life and that I have good things in my life. Cause I want to prove so hard that I deserve this life that I have and yeah. that, you know, so it's in, in, sometimes every once in a while, someone will say something like, I I had somebody tell me a few years ago, like, oh, how's your life of fun employment? And like, that really stuck with me like, oh, I'm not good enough. If I enjoy my life, you know, I need to be suffering, I need to be working hard, I need to be like, hurting in some way in order to be valid and worthwhile as a contributing member to society. So those are those are some of the things that I struggle with on a daily basis is just, oh, am I allowed to go go for a walk? Um, well, maybe if I count it as, you know, exercise and counting my steps, maybe that's enough suffering. Maybe that's enough work in order to make it a yeah. valid thing to do. And so that's that's my constant mindset. And I'm trying to work through that.
0: So I, I think that's a very familiar and and constant mindset for those who are self-employed because trying to find that balance and trying to you know it, and I, I one of the things that you just mentioned that I really appreciate is the fact that the people around you are willing to call you out mm, yeah um, my wife is my wife is very willing to call me out <laughs> uh, on, on my stuff which is good because I first pers- I need that I need and I too. And, and, and I know that and I'm thrilled uh that she's willing to do that because left to my own shenanigans, uh, I would not go very far. Um, you know, because I would, I would empty myself out, you know, using that cup illustration, I would be the empty cup. And I know that, um, because I already have a tendency to get up early in the, you know, uh, I'm not getting up as early as I used to, but, you know, get up early in the morning and then work till, you know, late, late at night and, you know, uh, burn the candle at both ends. And before you know it, you've got nothing else to give to anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I think that's a very real uh, and uh, understandable thing for anybody who is self-employed in any form. Um, And for those who, you know, the comment of fun employment, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: um, self-employment can be fun. Yes. But it's also very much a challenge. Yes. Um, And there's a whole different level of stresses and anxieties and all these other things that come along with it. So you mentioned um, uh, something uh, there in that last little bit about self care. Mm. And you know, and so let's talk about self care for a moment because the importance of self care to mental health. Uh it's vitally important in my opinion. Um so what are some of the things that you do? And we touched on this a little bit in funny science fiction uh during your interview there. We talked a little bit about some, of, you know, what do you do to recharge your batteries? But let's go into a little bit more depth about that. What does Sarah do for self care uh in those times where the cup is almost empty. How do we recharge ourselves and get ourselves back to a point where we feel like we're a productive member of society again, inside of our own terms?
1: Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Oh my gosh. And it's, um, I don't know, I have to constantly, first and foremost, remind myself that self-care is not selfish um, because I have a whole bunch of hangups around that, but um, for me, self care is being very intentional about recharging. And we mentioned naps a little bit earlier. I try not to take too many of those because, like, my if I'm gonna go down for a nap, it's gonna be like two and a half hours. Like I am just out, and so I can't take a
0: twenty minute nap. <laughs> I can't happen. either.
1: Those magical me. people who can do that.
0: I'm jealous because it takes Uh, me that long just to get comfortable.
1: Oh my gosh, me too. And then I'm just, you know, I'm like drooling every, like I'm (laughs) hard, just asleep. So, uh, so I try not to do too many of those just because they, they tend to like eat my day away. Um, Understood. Oh gosh. um, Taking good care of myself and, and it's going to be, it's different for everybody. And Mm -hmm. some things that you think are self-care are actually not Um, so like if you spend your whole day doing creative writing, then maybe creative writing on that same project is not self-care in the way that it used to be because those things change and they shift. Um, for me, I love reading books, reading books always recharges me. Um, it's just something that I found is, and it does it in a way that I don't get from like watching Netflix or anything like that. Like reading it's reading books is like my true love in life. Um, going outside for a walk is always a good way for me to recharge, getting away from screens, um, I live on a graveyard. And so just going back through the paths and there's all sorts of hawks and wildlife that lives back there. Oh, and nice. It's really lovely. Oh, it's been so nice. When we first moved here, I was like, gross, we're living on a graveyard, but it's been just <laughs> such a gift. Like, I love it.
0: Oh, the, um, no, the neighbors are quiet. That's helpful.
1: They are. It's so peaceful and it's beautiful and there's trees. So, the, and I just, I just uh, have to be careful about going out there when there's a funeral. I'm like, oh, I got to scope it out. Okay. There's no funerals. So I can go on my walk. Sure
0: be observant
1: um, yeah yeah you know be respectful um but yeah uh reading books um, has been amazing i also do a lot of journaling um and there's just this really f- like fine line between writing for work and journaling for mental health and for self-care. And I have to be very intentional to like switch over. Okay. Okay. I'm going to stop working on girl in space and I'm going to write to recharge for myself. And so, um, I, so without,
0: without diving into what you journal about, because that's private, I'm never going to ask you about that, but what give us some examples of things that that people could journal about that, that is different from creative writing, that's different from, from, um, you know, uh, what I call productive writing, um, yeah. you know, so there, there, there's a large difference between those two, and there should be. But what are some things that people can journal about? Because I know several people that do journal, uh, and they find it very cathartic as a re- nice release from their day.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And this is something I'm still, again, this is, I feel a lifelong, uh, craft, a lifelong habit, and I'm still learning, but, um, I've been journaling for years and years. And the way that I look at it is different from creative writing is that what I'm doing is I'm asking myself questions about myself. And so, um, I'll start off and you can start off with a blank page and you can go from there or you can start with a prompt. There are so many amazing journal prompts uh online. Um like oh, you know, write a letter to yourself as a child forgiving yourself for something or um you know, how do you feel about this? How do you deal with anger? How do you deal with sadness? Do you feel like it's okay to feel sad? like there's just so many amazing journal prompts online. But if you want to do sort of a blank page approach, and just open up your journal, um, you can just start by asking, how am I feeling? Why do I feel this way? Um, And where is this coming from? And just letting yourself exist on the page. Um, for me, it's, it's even an act of giving myself permission to be myself and to feel my feelings and to get in touch with what is going on in my own brain that may be affecting everything else. And it's just been a really beautiful exercise because every time I journal, I come away with a new insight about something I've been dealing with or just a facet of my upbringing or, I mean, it's just been a a beautiful and rich resource. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Julia Cameron's Morning Pages. No. She has a book called The Artist's Way that I would recommend. And she has this idea, and this is where I take away my idea for journaling, of just every morning before you get into your creative work for the day, you write two or three pages in your journal for yourself and it just gets all the garbage out of the way. So then later you can focus on your creative task um, without all of those uh, open loops kind of in your mind about the sure. rest of the day, so.
0: Oh, that's a good suggestion, I like that. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I'm gonna go back to one of the things you talked about it is your favorite method of self-care. Mm. Talked about reading books and since you suggested that, I'm gonna ask you to, to suggest two books that help you or, ha- or have helped you to, uh, kind of get yourself into that zone. So Mm -hmm. what are two books that Sarah reads when she's going through self-care, she's, she's refilling her cup.
1: Oh boy. So these are going to be a little bit more um, personal development focused, if that's okay. I also read just for fun. Um, I read everything and anything. I read horror, sci-fi. I love it all thrillers. I mean, I'm just, I love everything. Um, But two books that I would recommend that genuinely help me, are uh, actually, I have, this is, I forgot, a audio and not a visual podcast. So pretend I'm holding up the book that's right over here. It's called The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. Okay. And what that talks about is actually moving forward despite the ways that we sabotage ourselves. And that I reread that book once or twice every year, and I always discover something new from it. Um, and it just helps me recenter and reground myself Um, the other one I would recommend that helps me really get back on track is deep work by Cal Newport. Um, it is, it talks about how we use our time and how we use our creative energy and, um, how to get really deeply involved with your own projects and how to focus a little bit better. And that is just, those two books have been extremely life-changing.
0: All right, cool. So I'm going to ask you a question that I like to ask everyone who's a a guest on my podcast. Okay. So looking back over your life experiences, what is one piece of advice that you've received that helps you to remain focused on forward?
1: Hmm. That's such a good question. And I have exactly the answer that I want to give you. And that is uh, make them tell you no. I went through a lot of my life thinking that if I did all the right things, then I would continue moving forward and that I would automatically be granted permission to do the things that I wanted to do. And I got a little bit of a rude awakening with that when, um, you know, in the workforce, you go in for your quarterly, or annual review, whatever it is you go in for, And you're like, okay, are you going to give me a raise? And you're not asking that vocally. You're just like sitting there waiting, like, okay, I did, I exceeded expectations. I did all the right things. I've been, you know, volunteering in my spare time. I've been training this other employee and mentoring this person. And I didn't know that you had to ask for things that you had to ask for a raise, that you had to be vocal about it, because the world's just not going to reward you for being a good person. You have to ask for what you want, and that was really hard for me as a like very, uh, you know, grounded. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Humble. Somebody who who, you know, practices humility <clears throat> to say, "Hey, can I have this because I deserve it." That was really, really hard. And so I went to, um, I went through a women's leadership program, and uh, one of the women who spoke at it was a a judge here in town. And she just reinforced, like, hey, you've got to ask for the things that you want in life because nobody, there's no one who's going to, you know, come up to your door and be like, I heard you were a good person. Here's this. Here's this. You have to not only ask for the things you want, but you have to essentially do it in a way that is confident and unafraid. And so a lot of us in asking for things, we're afraid of rejection, or at least I am. Um, I'm afraid of, you know, the worst thing that can happen, which is they say no. And um using this woman's advice of make them tell you no, really empowered me to say, you know what? Yeah, they're probably gonna, I'm gonna keep asking until they say no. And that's really what allowed me to move forward. And I so I started asking for um, raises. I started asking for promotions, like, hey, just so you know, uh, we're at my quarterly review next quarter. I'm going to tell you that I want to be a manager of this division. Um, So just so you know, I'm gonna be asking for that. And they did. They told me no every single time, which is, you know, one of the reasons I left to be self-employed, but really making no uh, asking until they tell, you no means that you are moving forward to the best of your ability.
0: Okay. So question for you from that piece of advice. Yeah. Why do you find it or why do you think it's so difficult for us to be able to ask for things for ourselves?
1: Hmm. There's a lot going on there. I think part of it is we question whether or not we deserve them. We question whether or not we are worth anything. Um, and there's, I think also this, just this expectation that we'll be passively rewarded for our good deeds. Um, you know, you turn in a good paper and you get an A on your paper and it's, you don't have to ask like, teacher, will you grade my paper? Um, So I think we're trained in a way to just kind of passively receive things in life. And once you get out of the school system, um, it doesn't necessarily work that way anymore. You don't turn in your work and they say, "Okay, here's a promotion. Um, Instant
0: karma is no longer a thing.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Um, And so but it's really difficult to do that because we're told and I don't know if this is more for females or this is more for everybody. Um, but we're told to be humble and to not, uh, not boast and to not brag. And, but at the same time, if you don't tell anyone about your accomplishments, they don't know about them. And so it just, it, it puts you in this really weird place of not only am I afraid to ask for things because I'm afraid of rejection but B, I don't maybe think I deserve this, C, because my self-worth is low, and mm-hmm. C, um, I, I'm not comfortable saying, so like, hey, this quarter, you know, I brought in an extra 25% revenue because that's boastful right. and arrogant, right? And you're you don't want to seem too
0: braggadocious. It. Yeah,
1: exactly. But it's something we have to do. And so that's something I had to get really comfortable with. And and I try to affirm it as much as I can and say, yes, I am a writer. Yes, I'm an award-winning writer. Yes, I, and just get comfortable. Like I'm a national speaker. Like, yes, I can say that I have earned it. And just reconciling, it's it's almost like you have to come to terms with your own success and you have to be, you know, comfortable um, owning it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just such a bizarre thing. Um,
0: and part of the reason why I asked you that question is because I tie it in with anxiety, Mm. um, because myself being a person who, who deals with anxiety and I have my own anxiousness about certain things, I have found it hard in my life to make the ask Mm.
1: because
0: I'm afraid of the possibility of the no. Yes. Um, and so I think it's really interesting that I, I love that, you know, make them tell you no, um, you know, because we have to find a way to kind of get around our, ourselves, to get out of our yeah. own way to get to get to a point where we aren't expecting things just to be handed to us, but things that you that you're willing to work for, that you're willing to ask for, that you're willing to reach for. So that's the reason why I asked the question just so you know is because I, I tie it into to our own anxiety issues oh, and, and struggles you know along those lines. So I think that's a really good point. And a really nice piece of advice, really, uh, Thank make you. them make them tell you no. So uh, we need. I know we need to wind up here, uh, but I want to ask one more thing. Yeah. Tell, where can people find more information about Sarah Werner? I want you to give Aww. you just a quick second. Plug yourself. Thank you. So and I won't tell you no.
1: Okay. <laughs> Thank you. This is so wonderful. What a lovely opportunity. So uh, people can find more about me out at com. That's S-A-R-A-H-W-E-R-N-E-R.com. I have all sorts of Uh, links to my podcasts and free resources and ebooks that people can download. I like to make everything available for free. So it's all out there at my website. You can also find me on gosh, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Pinterest, Tumblr. I don't know. You can find me on every single Instagram, also social media platform at the username Sarah Ray Werner. That's S-A-R-A-H-R-H-E-A-W-E-R-N-E-R. Come follow me. I'll follow you back. We can be friends. It'll be lovely, but Yeah. yeah. That's where people can find me. Oh, and then the Right Now podcast, that's W-R-I-T-E because puns, uh, and the Girl in Space podcast are available on Apple Podcasts, uh, all of the places, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, all the places. Excellent.
0: Okay, cool. And if you'd like to see another interview with Sarah, uh, you can go to YouTube, check out Funny Science Fiction Podcast. uh, When I say we, me and my other co-host interviewed her uh for that because of her girl in space podcast which is phenomenal by the way if you're into sci-fi check that out uh yeah. but yeah go check her out on on uh, social media uh you won't be disappointed what you find sarah is an awesome human being and well, so are uh, you. well thank you i try <laughs> uh but uh uh, very impressed with what she's done, and honestly, uh, even though I am not a creative writer, I follow her on some of her creative writing things, i uh, her lives, and so forth. And they've helped me tremendously with organization for my own podcast, for my my t shirt store, uh, and how to assemble my ideas. and And she's encouraged me to go buy so many more notebooks. Uh, that's a running joke that you'll understand <laughs> if you tune into the lives. So anyway. Um, but thank you, Sarah, so much for doing this. Uh, so very appreciated your your insight on things and uh, your willingness to talk about them.
1: Thank you, Tim. It has been an absolute pleasure to be on your show. You are such a, oh, I want to say such a gentle and encouraging interviewer, and I really appreciate that. So thank you for oh, your time you. and this opportunity. It's been It's been a delight.
0: Oh, thank you so much. All right, guys, I think that's going to conclude us. Thank you for listening to Focused on Forward. Well, that concludes another episode of Focused on Forward. To be a guest of Focused on Forward, you can reach us through Twitter at podcast fof, through our Facebook page named Focused on Forward, or through email, focusedonforward at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing each and every one of your stories that has yet to be told. So until then, be safe, be kind, and be loving to one another as you stay Focused on Forward.